uh, we're joined by Okuni Mayor of Clare. Joe, uh, how was your uh, your first six months of 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 being mayor of of, the, of, of being the first citizen of the county? Well, good morning, Pat. Good morning, all. Again, look at Pat, as you said, six months over. It's hard to believe there's six months gone already. Uh, as you're well aware, I took up the position back in June, and I didn't think the Christmas has come as fast as it has come, but it has arrived on top of us. But look, it's uh, very busy six months, an awful lot involved in being the Mayor of Clare, as you say yourself, uh, between travelling abroad and dealing with issues here in the county, and opening different events and uh, meeting different communities and that, an awful lot involved. I have travelled the length and the breadth of the county, I've travelled a part of the country, and I've travelled to different countries overseas, all on council duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as I say, anywhere we travel, we were in Milwaukee, we were in Canada, we were in Holland, and back in America, and it was all on council duty. And again, a lot achieved out of all trips. There was members of the council staff with me on all occasions, and other councillors as well travelled on different occasions, but I must say, fantastic up to now, Pat. Uh, so much achieved, but both of us know there's a lot going on in our county at the moment. We're well aware of what's happening with large infrastructure projects between the Killaloo Bridge bypass and uh, different projects, uh, RDDF funding, as you're well aware, between Scarab and Mount Shannon. A good bit happening in East Clare. But overall, a lot happening throughout the county. Again, a lot achieved, but a lot more to be achieved going forward. And it's important we keep working for our county, both here in Clare, in the country, and also overseas. And so I suppose we'll, we'll just go to Killaloo there first, Joe. This is going to be a huge project, and a huge for East Clare. And uh, sort of a multi-million project, and uh, finish time, hopefully, in mid-2025. That, that's correct, Pash. Again, it's a massive project, and there's no point saying it's not a massive project. Um, unfortunately, I suppose the weather is not helping the project moving forward down there. But I must say, in fairness to the contractor and all involved, there's fantastic work being done. They're moving fairly quickly, understand. They're, they're, they're moving very lively, in fairness to them now, Anthony. Yeah, and I want to compliment the contractor, the way he's, where they're working with the people down there. We're hearing very little issues, in fairness. As we're well aware, traffic is kept moving. We're well aware there's a road, one road closed, but there's no choice or they closed that road. But not causing major inconvenience. Okay, there is a bit of traffic congestion from time to time, but we're all well aware we have to live with that. We have to see the project being delivered and we have to work with the contractor with the local authorities and make sure that this major project and this is a major project for East Clare for Clare and for the Midwest region yeah. is delivered and delivered on time and hopefully within budget as we're all well aware of budget constraints at the moment as well. Yeah that's marvellous and of course uh, we have another um uh, project in Mount Shannon as well the Interpretive in Centre and, uh, and the Holy Island uh, project show Yes, it's going to go ahead as well. And uh, well, as, as, as we as, as we're talking, that is work work is going on in the, behind the scenes anyway. That, that that that's right. There is work going on, Pat, and I was delighted to sign the con to sign off the contract there about a month or six weeks ago with the developer who's gone in there developing the old vector as we call it, the visitor centre. It is going to be in the future a major project as well. 
Um, Michael Fitzgibbon builder was the man that got the, there was uh, got the project in fairness he has started to work on the project already he has been down there for the last couple of weeks but it's going to be a major major facility for the East Clare mm. area from Mount Shannon Scarra Fikeage area and also for the Midwest region and we'll be hoping the tourism will progress out of this I mean we're well aware of what the Cliffs of Moher are doing back well, in West Clare yeah, yeah, there's yeah. also other attractions back in West Clare the likes of Loop Hill Lighthouse yeah. uh, the Vandalog Gare Centre in, in, uh, Center in uh, Kilgosh yeah, yeah. we're, we're well aware of those we do really need a major attraction in, in East, East Clare this is something yeah. I've been working on since 2015 when the land was taken over mm-hmm. in public open ownership mm-hmm. that time yeah, from yeah. the local landowner mm-hmm. and I want to thank him for the way he worked and helped and cooperated with the local authority to get that achieved but we needed something like this in this country the holy island the visitor center and it's simply fantastic that she's progressing now up and running and again we're well aware for all the hard work that went on between the local community between the local authority between the department and funding mm. this wouldn't be at the stage it is at the moment so it is a fantastic stage and as, I, as i've said hopefully by 2025 things will be progressing down in that area yeah, yeah, and right. I don't know that the visitor centre is going to be up and running by the end of 2024 yeah, yeah. very good I suppose Joe um, another uh, I suppose big thing for the county uh, in, in the last 12 months was uh, the the transferring of the heritage sites uh, we'll say you would you would Bunrashi Kaiganon and and the poor castle yeah. transferred over to the, to the county council as well which was another Great project for the for the county and for the council. Lucas, this is a project that went on for a long time with discussions between the local authority, uh, staff members down in those facilities, and the department. But as you said, rightly so, the transfer took place uh, earlier this year. I think it's for the benefit of everyone, for the facilities themselves, for the workers, and the most important thing to attract people into. Um, the buildings themselves had needs a lot of upgrading. Yeah. Some of that upgrading work has has happened since the local authority took over, but a lot more needs to be done. And the most important thing is when these facilities are brought to proper standards, which they will over time, and we all know it will take time. My belief is, again is going to be a major asset for tourism in the Midwest region and in that area and also in the East Clare area, which is going to be another major attraction. In fairness to the groups they've been running them up to now, they have been doing great work. There's no yeah. point saying they hadn't. There's a lot of staff employed in them and the staff is going to be kept employed going forward. There will be changes and there's discussions going on in that at the moment, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. again, look, at the most important thing is we bring them up to a proper standard, which is important. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have make them uh, major tourist attractions in the Midwest yeah, region yeah. and in the Gen- East Gen- area. Generate money, of course, and, and jobs. And, and a, 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 exactly, and the funding will keep coming from the department, which has been agreed between the local authority and the department, yeah, yeah. because, as I've said, a lot of development works need to be carried out them to bring them to the standard. But my belief is that will happen in the near future as well, and it'll be something that the local councillors in our area won't be lay, lay lying. We'll keep driving it on as well, along with the local authority. Yeah, I was in I was in Bongashi a couple. Of times in the last week and, and, and the place was buzzing down That's there right. very busy and um, 
Craig and Owen there during the year as well. We've got a few uh, things up on it, and we 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 done some uh, radio work up there, and and they were be very busy up there all summer as well. Yeah, yeah, Craig and Owen and Bogie, he's coming on as well, and she's going to get her facelift as well, and lots of work done around us, and hopefully that'll attract more people in there as well. I suppose there's another thing up in West Clare, we we, we discuss it here on a regular basis, especially during the summer, Uh, Blake's Corner. Uh, Who who decides... that Blake's Corner and Lenin's Corner is after they have buildings. Who 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 makes that decision, Joe? Yeah, once you look at there has been a lot of discussion over the years about Blake's Corner and unfortunately the protective structure. Yeah. And when some of the protective structure then unfortunately your hands are tied in what you can do with us. And I mean we are love we'd love to see what we'd love to go in and see happening in the morning. But unfortunately that's not the situation and we cannot do that. But I must say to the management team in Clare County Council, they're working very hard to get the solution to Blake's Corner. And it looks like to the new bridge crossing is going to have to be the solution. Again, look, at, I suppose the way it is, in a Simon, a fine town, mm. but again, a lot of traffic going in and out okay, through yeah, in a Simon. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it is going to be a more expensive solution. Maybe mm. it is going to take more time. But I suppose when you look at the bigger picture and moving forward, I would have preferred to see the Blake's Corner improved as it was, but as we said, we know at this stage now that's not going to happen. Mm. And again, I want to compliment the councillors up there who fought very hard to get works carried out mm-hmm. around that corner, but I think we have to drive on now and try and get the new bridge crossing, like what we've done in Killaloo, Bellinair, up and running sooner than later. And again, as we all know, sitting around the table here this morning, it, that's going to be a major asset for West Clare, for the tours and that come back that side as well, and it'll make an awful difference to the town of Innes Diamond, where we've seen in the past where bypasses and that have been put around towns, yeah. and the difference they've made to Maybe businesses yeah, and towns yeah. is simply unbelievable. Yeah. And I suppose going forward, the, probably the same thing will happen in Innes Diamond. And well, we, we often have chats here on, on, on the media show, and uh, we have a couple of historians. And uh, I, I just, I'd, be, I'd be for blown up, blown up to <laughs> Blake Carver, but the historians, <laughs> historians would be, uh, they would blown you up. That kind of, <laughs> that I, kind of talk. I, I wouldn't like to say it, Pat, maybe I would like to see it happen before people go up some morning, but look at that's not going to be the situation, unfortunately. And we have to work with the powers. We have to work with the powers to be and get a solution to the problem, and I think the solution is underway. Yeah, uh, first job. Uh, we're going to have an awful lot of wind farms around these clear. We have there's um, I think six uh, plans for from the dike all around over to the nearly over to Six Mile Bridge and back around by Thirteen and down around Bridgetown and all. So uh, we're going to have a lot of wind energy around the East Clare. I, I would. Uh, and there's a certain amount of object. There's a certain amount of concern. First of all, Pat, there is a lot of concern. But again, look at one of the trips we had were out in Canada, and the reason we went out there was to see the, see the offshore wind farms. Um, yeah, yeah. And when you go out and see how, I wouldn't say simple, but the way it looks, out in the offshore, it was simply fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We in this country would love to wait and have offshore oh, wind farms. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But unfortunately, we have been told we can't afford to do that. If we do, we could end up without uh, without electricity. But yeah. that's true on us. We are really going with the powers to be, yeah, what yeah, they're yeah. telling us. But like I was just saying, going back to wind farms, 
in East Clare. Yes, there is serious concern. I'm getting a lot of calls weekly. I wouldn't say daily, but mm. weekly about concerns from people in different communities. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, your patch, I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't blame them to be concerned. Yeah. Mm. I mean, we're, we're well aware the wind farms are a massive wind farm in the landscape of the countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. we are out here in East Clare, not a massive big area. We have seen wind farms in other areas, depending, I think myself, where the locations, if they're remotely in that, maybe they don't look as, as intrusive in the landscape. But some of the ones that's been proposed recently, yes, we would have a serious concern about them, in fairness. And also, um, the turbines themselves. I mean, we have turbines going up maybe 170, 180, mm-hmm. 190 mm-hmm. metres mm-hmm. up into the sky, mm-hmm. which, which is a massive height. Mm-hmm. And we're well aware, in fairness to the planning and the they always kept controls and things. They didn't let big two-storey houses be built above on the side of a hill or the top of a hill where they'd be breaking the skyline. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, these turbines are going to break the skyline. There is concern. There's also pressure on planners here, uh, I suppose from both sides, both from the department, from the companies that's going for these planning um, applications, and also from local people in the communities who are objecting to these. So it's an all-wind situation. It's not going to be easy. We have seen all-wind farm developed in East Clare yet. What we will or we won't is all another day's work. We're well aware there's plenty of permission granted for one. But again, that's appealed at the moment and we're waiting for the outcome of that appeal. There's some people supportive of them and there's no, problem, no point saying there isn't. But there's far and against. But I do agree with you. Anywhere in the local community, whether the wind farm going up, there's a lot of concern in those local communities. And again, I would be listening to all local communities. I'd be taking the concerns on board. Mm-hmm. I will be relating them to the planning authority. And that's all we can do at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I do see where people are coming from. Mm-hmm. But the other side of the path, as I said, there's people for and against. Yeah. But again, you have to think of the local people. They are the people we are living here with. Yeah, they are yeah, the people yeah. we're representing. And that is mm-hmm. very, very important. Yeah, it's important. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So the ones at see, Joe, are completely out the uh, window. You know, for now, anyway, they're too expensive, full stop. So, sorry, say that now. The ones at sea, the ones. Oh, they're, they're, they're gone. Nah, the no, 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 no. They're not completely out the window, and there's work being done on that as well. And we met a couple of companies when we were over in Canada. So, they will happen in this country. Mm. They will happen in this country up along the west coast in the future. Mm. But, mm. but it, will t- it will take time, yeah. Mm. But, but they're not out the window. Definitely not. No. Okay. And there is a lot of in Scotland as well, isn't there? Is there up the, on the North Sea? There is a lot of them in, in Holland as well, and it's something that will happen in the future, but you're probably going to be going another five years before yes. we see anything exactly. happen yeah, yeah, yeah. as regards yeah. offshore okay. wind farms. Yeah, yeah, well, I suppose. And um, will it be? Uh, I suppose to be private companies will be uh, will be uh, working on them doing like like the like the on like the on land ones. Will oh, it be private companies? Oh, definitely, yes, Pat will be. Uh, and I suppose when you go back to the earth. The uh, land ones, unfortunately, some of these private companies come in, get planning, and then moves on. Move on yeah, which is despite more companies in France, and we believe, are going to stand behind what they're saying. And if they get planning into all, and if, like, if they get planning, there's no guarantees anyone will get mm-hmm. planning, yes. That's all another day's work. But they are given assurance that everything will be done properly, above board. And we believe the lifespan of these is only about 25 years. And then, as we're all well aware, they have to be decommissioned after Mm. that, which is a massive job as well. Mm. So, look, there's going to be a lot of debate about some going forward past. Definitely, yes. But we have to see where it goes. 
Well, you see, another thing we, we often discuss here is the uh, 17, uh, 17 wind Bryan. turbines down in, 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 in um, Derry Bryan and, and closed down and they're, they're there and they have to be taken down and, and, and the whole place has to be restored back to a bog. I, I, maybe that fellow that's over, the team fellows over in Brussels, would, would they come over and, 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 how, and, and give us advice on how you restore a bog? I, I, I concrete and taken down the open. I, I'll arrange a meeting with Sean Kelly and I <laughs> for your passion you can sit down, you can have that discussion with him, I leave that between yourself and himself, but I'm no problem arranging the meeting for you. Uh, I suppose Joe, um well, just we we haven't discussed the wind here and all that on on the on the media show and the wind fairings and all that. Uh, would it be wouldn't, wouldn't you imagine it might be better uh, uh, if if there was a, a national company set up for for, for putting uh, wind turbines out in the in the sea? You're guaranteed. You're going to be guaranteed wind uh, because we we'll say we talked here the other night about the reason about. Uh, uh, about the oil, the oil companies, uh, they have to go out and they have to drill, and they, they might meet oil or the might and they have to spend an awful lot of money. But you're going to be guaranteed. You're going to be guaranteed wind when you put up, uh, um, we say, turbines out in the sea, and uh, the, the the money generated off them would would come back into the into the country. Yes, you you are dead right, Pash, and that commission is already in place. There's a strategy been drawn up. There's going to be. A past as well as regards whether the department is going to be behind this whether it be private companies but that is progressing yeah, yeah. and a lot of work has been done in fairness yeah. Uh, yeah. and I'm well aware that there's ministers up there very interested in getting offshore wind farms and yeah. we're all dead right oh, yeah. and as I say a small wind farm down in the hills of East Clare upsetting local communities uh, some people as I said happy with some look at you, you, you have to have a balance. If we could move forward with uh, offshore, like what you're saying, lobby companies, lobby the government, whoever the case may be, drive it forward. But I am led to believe that there's not happening that before 2030, yeah. which is a bit down the road. Mm-hmm. And what we've been told is, unfortunately, we need these local wind farms in the meantime, if they're granted planning. And that's a, a big if, as I've said already, in order to keep the electricity going in our country. Mm-hmm. So... I suppose that's what it is at the moment, but yeah. the strategy has been put in place, will be implemented, and will be, they'll drive forward to that strategy they went to be implemented in the very near future. And I suppose there'll be a certain amount of money for communities as well from these, uh, well, uh, uh, onshore, uh, I would say, um, on land wind, wind, wind farms. But both offshore and onshore, onshore, as we're well aware, yeah. there is, um, I suppose, a lot of funding being given out to local um, clubs, community mm-hmm. groups, and that, yeah, yeah. and again, look as I suppose whether that's down the road the, as well. That's that's down the road for East Clare. Nothing will be done there until planning is granted. And at the moment, as we're well aware, there's none of these gone for planning. Maybe one of them I think went for planning lately, but again, we have to wait to see what happens there. We're well aware of the one in Cahollie will call it where it is at the moment, so we have to wait and see what the outcome of that will be. So when there's none of us saying here this morning there will be wind farms in East Clare, no, there won't be wind farms in East Clare. I mm-hmm. mean, they all have to go through the criteria, the courts, the planning, the whole lot, so we'll see where it'll develop to. I suppose we had great news uh, for Bradford and Coral Clare uh, during the week, and we're also joined by PJ Mason from... Was chairman of the Broadford uh, Wastewater Action Group. Is it the uh, PJ? Yeah, Broadford Community Action Group. Action Group, yeah, yeah. 
And um, we're, we're joined by PJ here today. You've great news in Bradford during the week, uh, PJ. Yeah, good morning, everybody. And, uh, and again, uh, it's great listening to our mayor there, Joe, um, uh, talking about what's going on in the county. And Joe, along with his fellow councillors in East Clare, have been the main drivers behind this project. And uh, it's been going on for quite a long number of years, long before um, I was around the place. And uh, it's a tribute to, to Joe and to, to all the other members in the council and the Oireachtas members that this has finally come about uh, for, for Broadford and listening to all the, the positive developments that's going on in East Clare, like the bridge in Killaloo is going to have a massive effect in our village, the visitor centre in, in, um, in Mount Shannon, uh, all of that. And uh, so this is very positive news for us. Uh, it brings our village into the 21st century in a real way. And, uh, and as a community, we are delighted that we've been given so much support by Clare County Council, by the county manager and his team. So we're, we, un we don't underestimate what's ahead of us, but certainly we are delighted. And uh, I can't say how happy we are. And it's a, indeed, it's a lovely Christmas gift uh, in a sense, but it's something that we, we should have got long ago. But thankfully, it has come now through the efforts of the people I mentioned. I suppose in the last couple of years there have been a couple of, a few forest dawns as well, uh, PJ, and uh, I suppose you had, you had a, a, a cross-party political approach to the, the whole thing and then all the, all the councillors and, and, and TDs were all involved in, 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 in progressing the, the, the application. And I, yeah, the line. yeah, yes, I mean, it's the only way to get things done in my view uh, because when you have elected members working together as a team, so much more can be achieved. And, uh, you know, and this is what has happened in our case. So I, I'm very grateful to our five councillors in the Killaloo area and to our Octus members and to our, our county council. And I suppose, um, has it got a planning now, Joe, what's, what's, what's the story on, the, on, on, on Broadford now? Has it got the planning authority first? The, the first thing, Pat, now that has been done is um, the local authority relays with the department yeah. and the design team will be pushing in place yeah, yeah. and they'll have to design um, what, the project, system, yeah, what yeah. the project is going to be going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where it'll go to. Yes, there will be planning involved down the road. There'll probably be a section, whatever the section will be, that'll be have to be approved. But mm. that's something that'll happen when the design team is pushing place. Also then, the uh, project manager to go and play to when it's designed to have to go to tender, there's a lot of work involved in it. It yeah, yeah. will take a bit of time, in fairness, before all this happens. But again, I have been on to the council during the week about it because mm. it's something we want to drive forward as well. Over, yeah, and yeah. I'd like to compliment both action groups in both Rawford and Cooler Clare yeah, yeah. for persisting with this, in fairness. And we're well aware at times they thought to try and the towel, but they didn't. Mm, yeah. And they got the support of the local councillors. We got the support of the Oireachtas members. And most important of all, we got the support of the local authority, yeah, which yeah. none of these, as PJ knows, would have developed at this stage without the support gave, they give, yeah. because they put an awful lot of work in in making an application for the department to get approval. So we have that approval, guys. But again, there's a lot of steps to be taken before we see machinery in any of the two communities. But the most important thing here this morning is it is approved for the uh, systems. The council will be getting working on their side of it after the Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And I'll make sure, like, and all the local council will make sure, and their access members, that this will drive on. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll see 
um, the treatment systems in both Pulitlea and Bradford by the end of the next council, which is, as you're well aware, no council elections and European elections are coming up to mm-hmm. 7th of June. June. We yeah. don't feel that coming around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then there'll be no council after that. If I know the five of us here in East Clare are re-elected, if we are, we have no mm-hmm. guarantee that any of us be re-elected, mm-hmm. we'll be driving on Bradford, and that's definite, and you can be sure the West Clare lads will be driving on Pulitlea as well. Yeah. Because you need local public representatives to drive the likes of these uh, projects forward and if we don't it don't happen there's so much happening in the local authority it is unbelievable and as i say you need to drive them on and keep them progressing yeah and then peter i suppose have you uh, is the site um um with this after note farm the yeah, treatment plant and all that yeah, it is, Pat. Uh, the site is located in fenced off, uh, it? yeah, and yeah. it's just on the Doon Road there, out of the village. Yeah, right. And uh, the council had that secured, and um, so that's ready to go uh, whenever it's needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the community are absolutely thrilled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose that's, that's a good thing as well, that some, some, it's nearly shovel ready, you know, only for the design team to come on, come on board and... Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of groundwork had already been done from, yeah, from yeah, previous yeah. Um, efforts and um, so that's all going to be a huge help to us and a huge help to the council people uh, working on this project. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah sure, there's great news for Broadford and uh, there's a happy Christmas for them as well. And, 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 and also winning two championships, Peter, uh, we, we have to compliment you on winning the Joan Ray and the... And you retained on the 21B title as well. Yeah, it had two major championships to win, and obviously I can't let it go without mentioning our Camogie uh, ladies. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have been very successful as well this year. And, uh, you know, in a community like Broadford, the same as every other community in East Clare and indeed across the county, the GEA plays such an important role uh, in developing uh, team sport and, you know, developing character and uh, doing things well. I, you know, I enjoy when I see a club, uh, wherever it is, where things have been done well and facilities are being improved. And uh, even, you know, anywhere you go with an East Clare around the county, this is what's happening. And Broadford is like that. And uh, it's compliments, I think, to the people involved who, first of all, give it their time and then their energy mm-hmm. and their thought process to make sure that when they leave the position that they're in, that it's in a better place for the next person to come along and improve it. And, uh, you know, that's what life is generally about in in most uh, sane countries. Mm -hmm. And we're fortunate that we live in in a pretty normal society here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just add to that, Pat, what Peter said, uh, we don't want to forget Fiegel Tillanina, who had a fantastic win in June 21 years, which was a massive achievement as well for us. And after Scarlett, we won it last year. And while we were on sport, we must remember the great success Dave Nash had in winning the Irish Open. A massive yeah. achievement, and I want to compliment all the handball clubs here in the county who helped to run that competition mm-hmm. a couple yeah. of weeks ago. And again, all handball clubs up to their facilities up to great standards, mm-hmm. in fairness. Yeah, yeah. And of course, this morning, we cannot forget the announcement of JP Redmanus yeah, yeah, yeah. with the funding he announced during the week. And that's a lifeline for <coughs> clubs. So we yeah. all know clubs are finding tough, there's a lot of expenses yeah, there yeah. for insurance. And want to credit and compliment JP yeah, and yeah, that announcement yeah. and, and more so that we went back to the clubs which was yeah. simply fantastic yeah. Yeah. 32 million is a huge amount of money yeah, huge t- amount of money t- yeah. t- t- massive now massive yeah but still, still bring in there's there's enough people who have it and more give a penny everywhere so he's R- roughly 10, 10 uh, roughly in clear depending on how many clubs in the county but in clear it should be give or take around 10,000 to club mm. 
yeah. and that would include GA clubs, ladies football and Camogie. Yeah. We're not sure whether the handball clubs are included or not. I'm not sure about that, Pat, whether yeah. you are or not. There's a bit of nice yeah. about it. There'll be a debate about that, about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's important. That'll have to be sorted out. Fantastic. And and I mean, we did get a fund like that a couple of years ago as well. And I think that time it was just for the GA clubs only. Uh, and I think yeah. the clubs got fifteen to 17,000, give or take, that time. Yeah. So... That's a major benefit to clubs. Yeah, and his contribution to a few projects that we had in Broadford as well is uh, so much appreciated. Yeah. You know, a great man with his heart in the right place, and he's working hard for what he's doing, but he's certainly giving it back to the people, and we compliment him on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people, people complain that he doesn't he, he doesn't pay much tax in Ireland, but he, the amount of money he puts into it, and maybe if he was paying the tax, he'd go into a black hole and we'd never see it again. Yeah, so I think in fairness, a, all you have to do is go into the regional hospital in Limerick, of, and to see the yeah. cancer treatment centre there is outstanding, and that's purely because, in the most part, yeah. through JP's efforts and his fundraising efforts. Yeah. So if anybody can replicate that across the country, my head, yeah. I'll take my head after them. But yeah. very few have done that. And he's an exception, yeah. and we're lucky to have him here in the, in yeah. the Midwest. And uh, I, would, I would stand on my head for that man because what he has done for people and for situations, and I'm well aware of personal situations yeah. where he stepped in unannounced and, and helped people oh, and uh, we, we needed no publicity whatsoever for it. Yeah. So thank you, JP, for that. Mm. And I yeah. can cover it you there, Peter, what you've said, yeah. Yeah, just going back to your show, we might finish up with a small controversial one. We see in the paper recently, <laughs> we see in the paper recently where there was 200,000 spent on a high court action trying to remove an illegal encampment in the Kilgore Road in Innes. And there's an, an also an ongoing one in Six Mile Bridge. Um, and I see also where there could be another hundred thousand spent in the coming year. Uh, there seems to be no real law on, 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 on all those illegal encampments. Uh, would you imagine that that uh, if the council are supplying, um, uh, um, we'll say, uh, have on the Queen Road there, a place where you can put in your caravan and, 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 and we'll say, a health stand, and there's been a lot of money in it. I provide a house for a person, and they are turned down. You'd imagine that they, they, they could remove them from a from an illegal encampment. I look at Pat. I see exactly where you're coming from, and I'm not disagreeing one bit with you. We're well aware of illegal encampments along the Six Mile Bridge area that has been going on for a number of years. We're well aware of them around other parts of the county as well. There has been protests. There has been meetings, even as late as last week, as regards the one in Six Mile Bridge. Yeah, yeah. It's scandalous what's going on, and there's no point saying it's not scandalous. But unfortunately, the law is there, and we have spoke to Ungarda Shikana, we've sat down with the local authority, and unfortunately it's costing them massive money, as you've already said, yeah, yeah. in order to go to court on this. These people getting, are getting court injunctions, and the court injunctions are nearly as good as saying, you can't touch them, they have their rights, or you have to put them into houses. Where are you going to get the houses for these people? We're well aware of the house shortage. In some situations, are they going to be happy to go to certain places like what you said? I'm aware of some of these people have been offered houses, but the men out the houses weren't sociable. The houses weren't in the right locations. So it's a hard-win situation. It's a hard-win situation, yeah. And again, look at 
We have sat down with superintendents, we have sat down with the chief executive, Pat Dowling, and they are doing their utmost for the communities, but their hands are tied in what they can only do. We'd all love to see them being hitched on, towed out of us. It did happen in Six Mile Bridge, but unfortunately they're told that they're coming back in again, parked again inside in the private housing development. But there's a lot of people in that private housing development very upset yeah. and I wouldn't blame them and they're paying for their houses and, and, and they're paying for their houses but, but I must say again everyone is doing their best to try and solve, solve the problem it, yeah, it yeah. is a big problem but mm. everything has been done to try and to solve it but unfortunately they have their rights as well and we have been told that quite clearly and it has been spelled out to us that they have their rights but again we'd be hoping that some solution can be got to the problems you're talking about but I can tell you if the solutions got, unfortunately, it's going to cost funding as well, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Right should come along with some responsibilities. Yeah, I was going to say that, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, rights, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Rights, right, right, unfortunately, <laughs> Anthony, yeah. And, 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 and I can tell you here this morning, if someone overrides what they should be doing, they'll be taken to court then, unfortunately. If, if, if we don't go account to the rights and what you're supposed to do and do it legally, then you're in trouble. And who's, uh, we'll say, okay, there's 200,000 spent, and there's, I, I see, well, there could be another hundred, could cost another 100,000 this year. And the, the people, um, okay, the, 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 the people that go to court against the council, uh, who's paying that? Are the, are, are, are the taxpayers paying that as well? Well, I'd uh, leave the hand up to yourself, Pat, but I'd say you could nearly work it out, yes, the taxpayers are paying it, unfortunately. And there is court injunctions going on fairly often taken against the council. Yeah. And because of trying to move the illegal campments, like what you're talking about, and all that's happening is, go back to another two months, three months, and once they get that couple of months in, the council can do that and their hands are tied again. If they win the court injunction and they can move them, then they have some, they've been told to get somewhere to move them to and exactly what you said earlier on there is different haunting sites but they won't winter yeah, yeah, yeah. I know mm. I know mm. and you can as Anthony said you can't uh, go against the person's rights if they have certain rights then you can't force their hand and drive them in there yeah, Unfor yeah, yeah. unfortunately yeah. Yeah. hopefully George will resolve in the coming year um, I can tell you now it won't be easy and hopefully it will and what they want is to get into certain areas, into houses and we're well aware of the concerns that be, can be caused there as well if that do happen yeah, unfor yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it is a big problem and an ongoing problem. To the massive problem, Pesh, and I'm aware of different housing developments and I've been called in them where there's serious, serious concerns. We don't want anything more here yeah, this morning, yeah. but there is serious concerns about yeah. what's happening in yeah. those housing, uh, private housing yeah. developments. Yeah. I should believe it at that. Um, Peter, what's the expected maybe housing development of this and I think on the pipeline in Broadford um, with results to yeah, obviously, with the uncommon, yeah, um, obviously with the advent of the sewage, with the wastewater treatment plant, it'll give us a chance to grow organically. Obviously, we're not we're not interested in having a massive development. Obviously, the, the big problem in Broadford is our local uh, people can't come back to live in Broadford because there is no housing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think uh, it means now this this system means that people's sons and daughters can actually live in the <coughs> excuse me live in the village and uh, be part of the community again and there are a lot we have a lot of people who have moved away because they couldn't find housing uh, um, opportunities in Broadford yeah. uh, 
trying to get a site or trying to get anything like that is, was all, is almost impossible at the moment. So it means now that the village itself will, will come alive uh, with a footfall in the village. It means that the present business, businesses can survive and, and thrive and also, also it will encourage one or two more businesses to come in. I mean, our development is not going to be huge by any means, but it does give the local people an opportunity to grow organically. And that's the way I think that's important for us. We're on the, we're on the doorstep of Limerick. And, um, you know, I suppose, you know, that's so important to realise and accept. And, yeah. It's really a start for the communities now of Cora Clare and Broadford. And we'd be hoping maybe that, George, that the department will come up with maybe more money in the next couple of years again and maybe get a couple more, including our kind of health bills. Exactly. I do agree with you, Pat, but go back to PJ's point. He's right. But now the next thing, again, we're well aware of all the steps that should be taken before this project will start. But then we also are going to have to do a variation to the county development plan because yeah. the lands in both Coolaclare and Bradford yeah. have been dezoned in the present plan yeah. and that plan is in place until 2029. So we'll have to start that variation at what stage. We'll leave that mm-hmm. up to the planning team in Clare County Council. We'll yeah, yeah, see yeah. when that will be established. Yeah. But we'll be hoping that there will be development in the, the two villages within the lifetime of the present county it's development plan, plan yeah. which will be very important as well going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And I do agree with you, Pat. I'm all time looking at local communities, rural parishes, to try to get the proper infrastructure mm-hmm. in there. We have a stat made. Yeah. Hopefully that will be a game changer for the other rural parishes. Mm. But we can see ourselves the way Tulla has developed yeah, over the last yeah. number of years. And Antilkish and Six Mile Bridge and anywhere the infrastructure is has developed mm-hmm. and you can see yourself and you mentioned the likes of the smaller villages then the likes of the mills but i yeah, yes. flag mount or going to law places Bridge, like Bridgetown. that we don't yeah. Bridgetown, where people have just moved away like what pj said unfortunately in Bradford, yeah. that has happened as well mm. but hopefully we'll be able to get infrastructure into more of them rural villages and get people back in mm-hmm. and get more life in them we're well aware of had these small rural villages don't even have a shop at the moment don't have a post office mm-hmm. don't have petrol pumps yeah. or anything like that and in mm-hmm. fairness to the government, they are working trying to get these rural villages back up and running again with the vacant house grants yeah, 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 at the moment, yeah, yeah. which are a big asset, I would say, to the rural villages. And they are pumping money in term. Mm-hmm. We'll have to keep working on it. But I be a local public representative, I will always continue fighting for the rural villages, yeah, which are yeah. vital to every area. And yeah. I thought PJ was saying that I'm going to play football in Bradford, but I think I took it up wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we might try and go to play football down there as well. No, no football. No football. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get a back to handball there in the handball court yeah well handball <laughs> court has been used quite a bit there every yeah. time I just live up the road from it there and it's used yeah, yeah. Every, right. every every evening obviously and yeah, uh, yeah. some of the championship games there recently were played there was, as well so it's, the, it's, it's a huge, yeah, yeah. It's a huge asset hoping, to the yeah, village yeah, yeah. Yeah. and like we're fortunate in our village that we have all the recreation activities uh, including the school all in one area, in one area yeah, yeah, um, yeah. if we deliberately laid it out we couldn't have laid yeah, it laid it out yeah, better yeah. Yeah. so that's a huge plus so now the, the sewage plant is the next step now mm. uh, in in our development and please god um, it'll be there and it'll be beneficial and uh, again thank you to all our local local representatives both to joe and his and uh, to tony who has followed him on as, as chair of the md uh, hugely important and it, it, my thanks to the five councillors in our area and to the office members again I think we can't repeat that often enough and also to our, our county council management team led by Pat Dowling thank you to them
Ja, das Marvelous News und Marvelous News von Bord. Ja, Oil ist ein Team-Effort und wenn jemand denkt, wenn jemand ein Solar-Run in einem dieser Projekte will, wird das nicht passieren. Wir sind dem Minister und seinen Departement-Officials dankbar, weil ich weiß, es war nicht einfach. But uh, they have finally done it, and uh, we've been working with a lot of departments. I must admit, five or six ministers of the, the Department of Environment over the years, and yeah. each of them did our best, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. But now um, we've finally got this across the line. Um, so I'm thankful You've to You've stuck it. in there a long time. Yeah, it's been a long road. But, I mean, anything worth having, you've got to fight for fight it for and, and yeah, walk yeah, with yeah. it. It's yeah. like a marathon. It's a marathon. And, keep, and um, yeah, keep, when you cross the finish line... What kept you going? I suppose... The belief in the village and the belief in the community, and uh, I, I work with a lot of people that are much younger than me now. I started off as a community activist, I suppose, when I was 17 or 18, because I had an interest in my community, mm. and I, that has never left me, thank God. And I see people of that age coming along now with the same energy and zest, yeah. and that's, that's so important. Cool. And like when you have public representatives that really take an interest in, in your place and in your village, That, that, that um, gives it confirmation that what you're doing is, is good and, and acknowledged and um, it's good for the community and like a community is about people and about people working together and like we, we, you mentioned Harry Bohan there earlier on, I mean Harry was the, the quintessential man about community and like you can never take that away because without a community we have nothing and whether you're a group of neighbours living near each other or not, I mean if you work together Life is so much more bearable. I mean, we all have challenges personally and uh, in other areas of life. Mm -hmm. But when people work together, it takes away the load. It, it shares the load and it takes away the pain mm -hmm. of, of trying to survive. And, uh, you know, for Broadford now, this is something so, so positive. Um, and I, th I mean, my first thought when I heard the news last Thursday morning week was I thought of all the people who have left us. Who have worked, who worked so hard to try and achieve this, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you don't forget the people who started this project many many years ago, oh, yeah, yeah, and uh, our public representatives are the people who have finally delivered right across the board. And again, thank you to them. Yes, marvelous, and all the work, all the work that's done behind the scenes with, with the public representatives yeah. and the Arctic members and the council yeah, uh, yeah. members here, and uh, Joe, we all work very well together here in the East the five G there and. You know, in, in our projects. We, we do, we're here as a team, Pat. We're here representing yeah. the people of the Killaloo MD, and that's what we intend to do until the end of this uh, council term. Mm -hmm. And if we're re elected again this June, we'll continue to do that. And that's part of our role mm -hmm. in fairness, yes, to yeah. represent the people, try and achieve mm -hmm. for the people, and as I've always said, is to make our county a better place to live, yeah. to work, and to visit. And that's always very, very important. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose, hopefully, 2024, we might win the Mercer Championship, and maybe they are Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we better not say we might be proud in the county of Cena Holland final. Well, I'll tell you, neither of us would object to being there. No. And, uh, you <laughs> know, and I think it's, it's a good, if it's good this year or not, that, you know, club from East Clare, that it's going around. It's Correct. not good ever when, I mean, fair play yeah. to the clubs who can dominate, but it's always also good when you see clubs coming forward yeah. and like, um, you know, we had to feel Kildina win, you know, stuff yeah. like that. It's good for, it's good for the game. Actually, it's good for the game. And, uh, you know, and our, our 21 championship was outstanding well, because yeah. win we didn't give ourselves yeah. a chance and we, yeah. we scraped most games just by that extra energy and effort like what we had in, in fighting for our sewage scheme you know that you never give up there's always while the whistle while before the whistle is blown there's always a chance it is good for the senior championship to go to kill the Kildare as well down uh, in uh, right uh, 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 exactly yeah. and going back to pages point in 121 
that Bradford team were a C team coming C up team. along and yeah. there was actually two teams that came from A back down to B yeah, yeah, so yeah. that'll tell you the progress and the work well, and the coaching yeah, and the training yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been done yeah. si- si- simply fabulous and I have to agree with Peter it's going around here in our county when you look at Belly Gunner and St. Thomas is playing each other I think yeah. it's tomorrow they're playing yeah. uh, Belly Gunner have 10 champions in Waterford and St. Thomas and 6-1 in Galway but in fairness to all the clubs here in Clare they keep the coaching, they keep the training, they keep ashes, and in fairness, all clubs are holding their own. We yeah. all know every year there's someone relegated, there's someone promoted, and yeah. that's what it's about, and you have to keep working ashes, which yeah. is very, very important. Yeah. And as we said earlier on, if we had the GA in rural parts, I mean, any community, what have you as a pastime? Yeah, What's happening is between GA, Camogie, handball, yeah. lady football, just simply yeah, fabulous and very, fantastic. Very healthy Huge money, huge money uh, generated over the years and people raising money and... And even you know. the facility we're sitting in here today. Yeah, it's It's simply marvellous. Fantastic, yeah. Well, that's... Our time is up. We didn't feel it going. So thanks very much for coming in, Joe. And happy Christmas to you and Teresa and the lads and the grandchildren and PJ as well. Happy Christmas to and it is going to be a happy Christmas in Bradford and you know, with two uh, crops down there and 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 the and the and the not tight and plant and, 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 and Yeah, and again congratulations to Scarf Bay Radio here. I mean you've done a fantastic job and it has been recognised with your awards during the year and to the team. So happy Christmas to each and every one of you and thank you. And I want to compliment you on the fantastic work you're doing as well in fairness and what you achieved at the awards you won during the year. And also I want to wish happy Christmas and a very happy New Year to all the listeners, everyone around the county, yeah. and hopefully we'll all have a good Christmas and maybe fraction again in 2024. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. I have one final question for you. How on earth do you get all you get done in one day? What are you on? How many hours sleep at night do you get? <laughs> I want to have a bit of what you're on. I won't disclose that at the moment then today, okay? We'll wait for next year. Thank you, Joe. It's been painted. Thank you very much. Happy Christmas. Thanks very much, lads. Thanks, Peter and Joe. Not a problem. Happy Christmas, you all. Many happy returns, Joe. Keep up the good work. And we'll knock off that heat and we'll die the heat in here.